And I shoot my shot, it's the whole way it's going in. Cross niggas like Bubba Chuck, I never gave a fuck. Hook shot a hole like Kareem, but I never lead a fuck. I hit that Janobi with my left hand all like, woo. Bitch, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. James Harden with the range on me, nigga, way back. Michael Jordan, 1985, bitch, I traveled with a cocaine search. And you could live through anything if magic made it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, now you do. What up, my fellow NBA lovers? This is your guy, Marcellus Ease. And you know, between Adam Silver, the Board of Governors, and the players, they're all pretty much sitting on a double-edged sword. Right now is not the time for the Board of Governors and the Commissioner to not support the players in their movement. But at the same time, it's not wise for the players to financially not back up the operations that the Board of Governors put in place to ensure the financial safety of the league going forward. Now, because of the pandemic, next year is in question whether or not teams are gonna have fans in the stands. And this affects all the small market teams because they don't have those large TV deals. So they rely on the revenue sharing that's put in place by the league where the bigger markets actually trickle down at least $20 million to the small market teams, teams like the Utah Jazz, the Memphis Grizzlies, to help them cover player salaries and operating costs. Now, without the fans being in the stands, it's about 40% revenue missing. So then there won't be no revenue sharing. So small market teams will be left over with the bill and the obligations that they have to make to large contracts to some of their players. So pretty much the small market teams are very hesitant into starting next season without any fans in the stands. They really need some of that revenue sharing because it's even been reported in the past that teams like the Detroit Pistons in one year had lost $60 million. A lot of these teams, they cannot stay financially obligated to some of these players' contracts if there's no fan revenue and revenue sharing from the other teams. Now, while the league is still trying to figure out next season, at the same time, they're in negotiations for their next TV deal right now. Now, as we all know, the NBA signed a $24 billion nine-year deal in 2014, which started in 2017. But when they negotiate these deals, they do it years ahead. And they kind of use their 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, those LeBron James Miami years. They use those ratings, those metrics, in order to construct the new deal with ESPN and Turner Sports. So right now, they're in negotiations for their next deal, which they're using 2014, 15, 16, 17 numbers. But unfortunate for the NBA, the timing is off because those numbers from 2014 to 2018, the metrics are all down across the board. From TNT, the ratings are down. ESPN, the ratings are down. And these are the numbers that they have to use to negotiate a new deal. And with them trying to get a new deal right now, it's also going to open them with a line of credit to borrow money to help them survive this pandemic. So that's another reason why they need the players' cooperation to stay within the confines of this bubble that they spent $150 million to operate in order for them to recoup the rest of the TV revenue from this year. Because it's not a guarantee that they can actually put on 70 games to get the revenue for next year because everything pretty much right now is unknown now when we look at the other side of this coin the owners should be 100 percent in support of the players and their movement and some of the agendas that they want pushed because it was a major topic 
of the killing of George Floyd before the bubble started. And currently, while the players were in the bubble, it was another shooting of Jacob Blake, which basically heightened the sensitivity of what was going on. As we all know, the NBA brands themselves as this woke progressive league, and now we're gonna have to hold their feet to that fire. But when you understand the league's branding the past couple of years, you start to look around at their actions to see if it follows. Now, after the incident with George Floyd, only six NBA owners came out and put their names to the statements supporting any type of movement in support of George Floyd. That was Michael Jordan, the Atlanta Hawks owner, the Golden State Warrior owners, Mark Cuban, the Sacramento King Ownership Group, and Gail Miller of the Utah Jazz. They're the only owners, six of them, that put their name behind a statement supporting the George Floyd situation and anybody protesting and taking that stance for him. So that leaves about 24 other owners who did not even respond or put their name towards anything and take a stance against what had happened. And that's mainly where the players have a major issue with because a lot of these owners, they have access to a lot of legislation, guys who can change laws, they support a lot of campaigns and for the money that they spend, they're pretty much a phone call away from changing certain policy. And that's real political power. But in the world of business, there is no such thing as woke in business. It's either winners or losers. And because most NBA owners are billionaires and control other industries, which selling natural resources or just control major assets within the country, a lot of them are not necessarily loyal to a party, but they're loyal to their business interests. And like I said before in the beginning of this, that everything is all about timing. And it's very fortunate at the same time that all the players from different teams are in a bubble. So guys are communicating and guys are beginning to realize that a lot of the ownership groups in the league have real political power and they're not going to be on the player's side because of their business obligations and their political affiliations. So some of the owners in the NBA give money to both Democrats and Republicans because once again, when you're in that tier of being a billionaire, you're not loyal to no party like good versus evil. You're just loyal to your interest. So pulling up this chart right here, you're going to see some of the ownership groups where they donate their money. And once again, whether they're in a rural area or they're in a coastal city, there is no such thing as they're going to choose the good side or the bad. They're just loyal to their interest. So pulling up this chart right here, you see a perfect example of the Chicago Bulls owner. He donates his money to both Democrats and Republicans because once again, he just wants to be on the winning side. Same thing for David Blitzer, the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, which is mostly a liberal coastal city. He donates most of his money to Republicans, but also Democrats. Now looking at the Davos family, which owned the Orlando Magic, they donate a lot of their money to the Trump administration. Of course, one of their family members is part of his main cabinet overlooking the American school system. Tillman Fertitta of the Houston Rockets is very connected. He owns a lot of casinos, a lot of hotels. He finances a lot of Republicans. Of course, he's in the state of Texas. That's where a lot of his casinos and hotels run. So owners like this have a lot of access to make phone calls to influence policy. And this is the major issue that the players have. None of these owners are good or bad or evil, right versus wrong, nothing like that. I'm just showing you a lot of them the parties that they're financing have access to influence the type of changes that they want in the exact states where these issues are happening. Now, continuing, we're looking at Mickey Arison, the owner of the Miami Heat. 
He has a major cruise line. You know, financially right now, he's kind of hurting, but he has major influence, especially in the state of Florida. And he tends to donate a lot of his money towards Republicans. Same thing for Dan Gilbert out in Cleveland. We all know he's pro-Trump. Herb Simon, even though he's from New York, the owner of the Indiana Pacers, huge real estate mogul. He's very pro Mike Pence, pro Trump. Glenn Taylor, owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, one of the worst owners in the NBA. He tends to donate a lot of his money towards Republicans, but especially in the city of Minnesota, he could have major influence to change some of the policies to correct a lot of the stuff that's going on over there. Okay, moving on to James Dolan, another owner from a big coastal city. A lot of his money is donated to the Republican Party, even though he's in a major coastal city. That's the opposite of that. Once again, these guys tend to donate according to their interests. Clay Bennett out of OKC. Most of his money goes towards Republicans. Same thing for Rob Sara out of Phoenix. Of course, the estate of Paul Allen. That's the ownership group around the Portland Trailblazers. Then most of their money goes towards Republicans, even though Portland is a very liberal city. And the last person I'm gonna put on here is Gail Miller out of the Utah Jazz, the owner there. Even though she took a stance for the George Floyd situation, of course, like I said, none of these people are bad people. They just vote according to their business interests. So once again, because a lot of these owners, they put their money into super PACs, into a lot of these governors and senators getting elected. They do have political power where they could just pick up the phone and make a phone call and influence a certain change in the policy. And this is the player's major issue. And it was a good move by the players right now while playoff money is starting to roll in and ratings are starting to jump to stop everything and make sure that nothing happens until certain guys that have the influence stop using the league's branding as a progressive league and actually put their foot to the pedal. But remember, the players don't hold all the cards in this situation because like anything in life, there has to be some sort of compromise. The league right now is not exactly in a good financial position going forward because in order to collect that TV money, they're gonna have to put games on. And right now, them negotiating a new TV deal to get that same money, it's not looking good for them because they're negotiating with metrics that are really showing that the league has dwindling viewership from year to year their last tv deal was actually signed at the height of the tv bubble so money was rolling in but right now because they have to negotiate years ahead they're using numbers from years where their ratings were just declining and not having any fans in the stands potentially next season is going to be a major issue for a lot of small market teams but I'm pull up another chart right here where it shows you some of the dwindling viewership that's happening for a lot of these teams. It's mostly every single team across the league. And ratings actually gone up for some teams like the San Antonio Spurs. But for the teams that the ratings have gone up, it's the smaller market teams around the league. Like the Spurs, the Clippers, the Nets. Even though they, some of these teams got stars, they're at the bottom among viewership. So actually them going up in viewership does nothing overall for the league. It doesn't have any effect. So this is why the league needs the players to compromise and do what they have to do to collect the money that they're already owed and to not leave their TV partners hanging because right now they're in that negotiation with TNT, ESPN to try to get that next deal. So it's very important to not leave these guys hanging right now. So in order for play to return into the bubble, the Players Association and the league came into a compromise. So in their compromise, they implemented three things. First, they'll include the Board of Governors, aka the ownership, into whatever coalition movements that they're doing. The second thing is for the ownership 
to convert their stadiums into safe havens for people to come vote without fear of any repercussion. And if their stadiums aren't able to accommodate enough people, they have to work with government officials to find another location. And the final thing is to work with TV partners to bring advertising slots, to bring awareness to some of these issues going on during the playoffs. All in all, it's not a bad compromise. The plays will actually ensure that the money that the ownership spent, the $150 million to run the bubble, gets completed and their TV partners don't get left hanging out in the cold. And they continue on to making sure that the league is financially stable going forward. And at the same time, they have the efforts and the connections of some of the ownership to push forward some of the movements that the players have. It's not a bad compromise at all. You guys enjoy the second round of the playoffs. Until next time, peace.